We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Um, we are trekking quickly towards Christmas. Um, you know, I always, <laughs> because I'm a big a proponent of Thanksgiving, I'm always kind of a tad bit upset when, when I walk into, and I, I'll just tell you one of my spots is Starbucks. When I walk into Starbucks in the middle of November and they're putting up their Christmas uh, decorations and they've got the holiday coffee out. Do you guys drink the holiday coffee? Get the holiday brew. The holiday brew is special. But they get the holiday brew. The holiday brew is already out. And to me, it's a bit disrespectful to the holiday before, which is Thanksgiving. They tend, society tends to push us right past Thanksgiving. Um, and I think, and I don't think, I know um, that Thanksgiving, gratefulness, um, gratitude is very important to God. I found something in scripture that I want to share with you today, um, and I'm going to do it for two weeks. And I intentionally did it for two weeks um, because typically we, we would have started our uh, series for Christmas uh, the first week of December. Well, I'm going to push this thankfulness or this, this, this gratitude uh, two-week series for about two weeks, one week too long in the minds of people. I'm going to go one week too long. I'm going to push it into December just so we can have a full grasp of what God wants us to understand. Amen? Um, so let's go to the book of Luke. Chapter 17, verse 11. Y'all quiet today, man. I thought y'all was going to be excited as I was. You ever get on a ride with somebody and they have no emotion? <laughs> like, yo, this is scaring me to death. How are you not saying anything? Bless you. Benefits of a small church. Luke 17, chapter 11, the NIV version is what I'll read. And it says this, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy, everybody shout 10. 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest as they went. They were cleansed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Our topic for discussion for today uh, is the expectation of gratitude. The expectation of gratitude with a subtitle, because I'm that talented. <laughs> uh, roadblocks to expressing gratitude. Roadblocks to expressing gratitude. I have a graphic for this. It's coming. Um, not sure if you take notice of it or not, but um, there's an expectation that all of us have of receiving gratitude. 
it's this unspoken thing that we really never say anything about. We never really discuss it. We never say to someone, you better say thank you when I do this to you. It is just a foregone conclusion that that person will express some sort of gratitude after you have either given yourself to them, you've given them something, you've gone out of your way, you let them cut you in the line at Publix. Whatever the case may be, you feel that there should be a measure of gratitude for the measure I just poured out. Whether you say it to your spouse or not, whether you say it to your children or not, all of us feel, all of us have an expectation of some expression of gratitude no matter who you are. And here's the thing that I've realized about gratitude. Gratitude doesn't care anything about the length of a relationship or if there is a relationship. I just expect it even if I don't know you. I'll give you a good example. The route that I take home every day um, puts me in the midst of traffic. I'm talking like 5 o'clock um, L.A. traffic, I feel, is when I get ready to leave work every day. And, and, and just coming out of the parking lot from where I'm coming, just to get onto the road, someone has to let me in and do me a solid and say, go ahead, bro. You know, they just they wave you or they blink their lights or something along those lines. And, and once they, they, they do that, I make sure... I feel this is a, a duty of my own, that I at least throw you a peace sign or something. You know, I'll give you a thumbs up, or I'll give you a nod, or I'll give you a wave. I'll give you something to, to let you know that I appreciate the space that you just gave me because you had to fight all the way here, and you decided to allow me just a little bit of grace to get right in front of you. Has anybody else experienced that? Now, I have to be honest with you. My family gets this commentary all the time when we're in the car. Um, th- when I don't get that in return for me giving you a little bit of space in front of me, knowing that I've worked hard and I had to jockey for position just to get to where I am, and you don't let me know that you're appreciative of what I just gave you, I get a little bit of holy discontent that rises up inside of me, and it just makes me just a little bit angry. Does that, is that anybody else? Sir, you better give me a peace sign. You better give me a thumbs up. You better do something because if I ever see your car again, I promise you I won't let you in. Because all of us, all of us have this thing, regardless if I know you or not, it doesn't matter how long I've known you, I don't have to know you. I just want to know that you appreciate it. Somebody shout appreciation. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to give me a service. You don't have to give me a standing ovation. You don't have to put my name in lights. Just give me something that measures what I gave you. We struggle with that. We struggle to show gratitude. We struggle to show um, um, appreciation for the things that we receive every single day. And it's almost like we don't even see it sometimes. We struggle with it. We struggle with with, with our spouse. We struggle with it with the things that we receive from people. We just struggle to say thank you. There are barriers that are in place that don't allow us to always feel, not just feel, but express the gratitude that we feel. I'm going to talk more about that next week. We don't get to express the gratitude. We feel it. It just never turns into an expression. And oftentimes we want credit because we felt it. Well, that's not how I felt. Well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't act upon that feeling. <laughs> you didn't tell me how you feel. You know, nothing you did let me know that you appreciated it. And we struggle with that. So here's the thing. If we struggle with this dynamic um, in, in our homes and with our children and with the people that we're in relationship with, our friends, the people on our job, whatever the case may be, if we struggle with that with them, how much greater do we struggle with that with God? Think about it. 
We come to church and we give a few thank yous. Thank you, Jesus. You're deep in thank you, Jesus. We'll give a few of those. But is that the proper response? Does that expression of gratitude match what he's done for you? Because here's what I've learned in Scripture, and we're going to talk about it for a minute. I've learned that God has an expectation of gratitude. But when you think about it, when you truly think about it, what can you give to God? Seriously, let's just think about this for a second. John 1, 3 says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. That means that anything that you decide to give to God already belongs to him. I remember when I was a little boy, I, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money to get my parents to give. So I would find something they already owned, and I'd wrap that mug up, and I would just give it to them. <laughs> because I felt that they, I needed to give them something. Here's the, here's the problem that we have. We tend to think because we give an offering, and we give of our time, and we give of ourselves, that we're giving God something. And I'm going to tell you this. It already belongs to him. So truthfully, the only thing that we can give a God that doesn't need anything is gratitude. I'll say it another way so you understand it. The only thing that we can really give God that he wants from us is praise, glory, and honor. So think about your disconnect in that respect. Does what he's done for you. I'm not asking you to look at your neighbor. I'm not asking you to look at your mother's life. I'm talking about you specifically. Does your life match what he's already done for you? Does your expression of gratitude when you show up here on a Sunday morning and you become all spiritual, does that match what he's already done? I'm not talking about what he's going to do. I'm saying what he's already done. Here's, Here's what I want us to walk away with. God. The almighty God, the CEO of heaven and earth, has an expectation of your gratitude. Oh, gosh. Y'all can tell I'm excited to be back. I'm just talking a bit too much. Okay. Let's look at it. Four roadblocks to expressing gratitude. Let's look at verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and he called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. The first roadblock that we have to expressing gratitude is the distance. A first roadblock to expressing gratitude towards God is the distance. The text lets me know um, that these men kept their distance because of who they were. Um, Because they were lepers and because of society at that time, um, society didn't know what to do with lepers, honestly. I mean, if you look at leprosy today, it's not a big deal. 16 million have been um, healed or cured of leprosy in the past 20 years. It's not a big deal. But in that day, there was no cure for it. And one of the things that they would do with lepers is essentially ostracize them, and they would make them outcasts, and they had to live outside the city. They couldn't do their hair. They had to rent their clothes um, to let everybody know what their issue was. 
And if anybody that was not infected with the same disease came in their proximity, they had to yell out to them. But first they had to cover the top lip and, and, and yell out to them, unclean, unclean, so that they would know that I have an issue that you shouldn't be close to. They would raise their voice to people who they didn't even know and let them know their issue. Isn't that, isn't that kind of what we do at times? You know, for, for some of us, um, it, it is, we'll take to social media and we'll share with the world our feelings and the, and the situations that we're dealing with. And we want some sort of um, pat on the back and, and for somebody to just know what I'm going through. We will tend to raise our voice to people who can't help us at all. We will just continue to tell them all of our business and they can't do anything about it. And all they do, essentially, is ostracize us further. You know she crazy. You be seeing her post. They always got issues in their marriage. I can tell the way where where they talking. We lift our voices and we will share with the world everything that is going on with us as if they can help us. Now, what I like about these 10 men, these 10 lepers, they they understood their issue. And they understood, uh, let me talk on that for a second. I think we give ourselves too much credit about understanding our issues. Oh, I understand that's the way that I am. And you've been understanding the way that you are for the past 25 years, but you haven't done anything about it. You have yet to change. So they understand their issue, and they understand that I can't get close to, to Jesus. They see Jesus from a distance, and they understand that we have to raise our voice. And when they see Jesus, they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, here's the cool thing. They understood their issue, but better than understanding their issue, they understood who he was. Because they said to him, Master. Oh, gosh, I I wish you could study with me. But this is one of these nuances in Luke's text, in his gospel. You see, when someone believed in Jesus or they were a follower of Jesus, they said, Master. But if they didn't know him, they would just say, Teacher. So when they saw Jesus, they had already believed. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Because I know who you are. I know my issue. And I know I can't come close. But I lift my voice with praise. Did you miss that? They raised their voice unto the one who can do anything. They told the one who has the power to turn their situation around, and he could do it. And they raised their voice. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And from a distance, the text says that they get the attention of Jesus. I thought that was so heavy. Because listen, to, oh God, y'all, when, when you start to tell him who he is and what he can do and how he can fix your situation, you can't help but to get his attention. So I don't care if you think he's afar off in some cosmos someplace. If you start to tell him who he is, he'll make sure he's looking in your direction. Jesus, master, have mercy. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And what's funny, oh, I can't get too ahead of myself, but uh, he, just, he just keeps walking. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. See y'all later. He keeps walking. He doesn't even stop. They understood that the distance was a problem, but they used the distance as an advantage to sing praises unto God. Can I ask you a question, a real question? When was the last time you raised your voice? When was the last time? You called him who he was to gain his attention. 
these 10 lepers understood something. I've been telling people all my life about my issue. Unclean, unclean. But I'm in the presence of the one that can do anything. And they call out to him. And they get the attention of Jesus. Now, here's the kicker. The same distance that works in their advantage because they raise their voice to him and they get his attention is the same distance that I believe creates a roadblock in us giving gratitude. Just think about this for a second. I don't know about your relationship with God, but I can just tell you about mine. Sometimes, just sometimes, I don't feel like God is present. I feel like there is some distance between he and I. And if he was closer and he would show up and he would manifest his power in this situation, I could give some gratitude for what you just did. But Jesus was so far away, they couldn't say, hey, Jesus, thank you. There there was nothing in between. There was something in between them that stopped them from giving gratitude. And I think we have the same issue today. If God was present, I'd tell him thank you. But I don't feel him today. If, 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 if God was moving in my situation, I would show some gratitude, but I don't see him moving right now. So we hold back our thank yous. We hold back our gratitude. We, 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 we hold back what we feel because oftentimes we feel that the distance between us and God is too great. What I want to show you today from this point is this, is that if you just raise your voice, He's all of a sudden there. He says, when two or three (laughs) gather together, I'm there. My math says there was 10 of them there. And they said in in unison, Jesus, master, have pity on us. I think one of the things that we struggle with is distance. Shout distance. Y'all getting anything? Verse 12. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. The second roadblock to expressing gratitude toward God is the means. Everybody shout the means. If you are (laughs) um, studious a bit, you would know. Um, that the way that Jesus performed the miracle for these 10 men was not typical of Jesus. You kind of you can see that. You kind of understand that, right? I mean, typically for Jesus, there was um, some touch. There was um, a, a, a word that he would exchange in some dialogue with someone. There was some water. There was some spit. There was some, something that the person could tie the miracle to. There was something that he could tie, they could tie the miracle to. As a matter of fact, there was another leper in scripture that Jesus healed, and he was in close proximity with Jesus, and Jesus heals him. Typically, Jesus is a lot closer when he heals. I mean, either there's a touch. I mean, you could touch the hem of his garment and, 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 and receive a miracle. You can, you know, you can get some water and change it to wine and experience a miracle. But this miracle was different. The means by which he performed the miracle was different. Because all he says to them is, go show yourself to the priest. What he say? Yeah. He said, go show ourselves to the priest. Now, this was significant. This was important. 
because the Mosaic law said that if, if, if you were going to be allowed back into society, if you were going to be allowed back into the religion, you had to first go show yourself to the priest so that he can check off that you were healed. So Jesus says to them, go show yourself to the priest. And they just continue to walk on. Jesus goes his way. And then as they walk, they are cleansed. But there was no experience. There was, there was, there was no touch. There was no, no physicality. There was no manifestation. All it was was that they received the word that they had to walk out. So Jesus basically says, what he says to them, he says, listen, all I want you to do is to start heading in the direction of your wholeness. I want you to head in the direction of your healing. I want you to head in the direction of your regeneration. I want you to head in the direction, and as you go in the direction that I set you on, you'll start to see the difference. Oh, my God. The means was different. So here's what I'm getting at. We, you and I, we tend to struggle when there is no Red Sea moment. When there's no Jericho moment, when, the, when, when, when there's, you know, he's not parting the waters and he's not being big God and he's not showing great power. But oftentimes God will work on a Sunday that you will get your miracle on a Tuesday. But for us, we don't see it because there was no experience. He just says it in passing. Oh, my God, we get fed so good. And I'm not saying I'm such a great preacher, but we get fed so good on a Sunday. By the time we get to Tuesday, we done lost the vision already. What he say? What was he talking about? Listen, Jesus says to them, go show yourself to the priest. He doesn't stop their motion. He says, continue with your routine. I'm going my way. You go your way. But just walk this thing out. And as you walk, you will be cleansed. As you walk, you will be healed. As you walk, you will receive it. But oftentimes, we don't understand that he expects some gratitude for what he did on the Sunday. It's hard when there is no moment. You know what I mean? When, when there's no grandstand, when God doesn't show himself on a stage, it's hard for us to say thank you for the things that he just does in passing. It's hard at times to be thankful and grateful for those things. So I wonder, how much are you truly grateful for? Seriously. Are we waiting for God to really show up with his grand power and flexing his muscles. Because here's, here's, a, here's a problem that society has. I'm going to give it to you like this. If I score 25 points in a game, that's a big deal. Is that a big deal in 20, 25, NBA, 25 points? He says, hmm. I say 30 points. 30 points a big deal? No, sir, you're going to give me more than that. 30 points is a big deal. 25 is a big deal. I don't know what this guy's talking about. 25 to 30 points in a game is a big deal. But if I'm a guy off the bench and I score 25 to 30 points in the game and we lose, nobody says anything. But if LeBron James scores that same 25 to 30 points, it's all on the headlines that LeBron James scored 25 to 35 points, and it's a big deal. What I'm trying to get you to understand is our perception is wrong. If it's not a headline, if God doesn't stop you in your tracks, if he don't pull you out of death's grip, he ain't doing nothing. Come on. He just slowly changes, your, oh God, he just slowly changes your mind. 
you, you, oh gosh, I, but I always like to talk about my marriage when we first got married because I'm not the guy that I was, but I changed over a period of time. You know something about humans, we don't like time. Jesus, I want it now. I want to experience now. Preacher, get me to the point right now. Don't have me here for 45 minutes talking to me when you could have told me that five minutes ago. Tell me now. The means was different. The, the way that he did it was different. And I believe, this is Wanzel's belief, in the 21st century, his means are totally different. Oh, gosh, y'all, I want y'all to catch this. His means are different. Listen to me. He doesn't have to raise the dead to still be God. He just got to fix your dead feelings. He's got to put controls around your emotions. That is the kind of God that we serve and what's so good about him, what's so great about him, what's so bad about him is that he just continues to move on and continue to be God, but he just does it a different way. We're looking for the God of Moses. <laughs> if he does show up that way, whew, whew. But what I'm trying to say is this. He was God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Listen, if, if, here's the problem. We oftentimes miss the miracle if the means are different. It's a miracle that you walked out of your family the way that you walked out. It's a miracle that you kept your mind in that situation. It is a miracle that you didn't die. It is a miracle that you're still intact. But God, I want to see your power. Was that not power? You know how jacked up your family is. Okay, y'all don't want to rock with me. But you know how jacked up things were. My friend, that is power. That is God flexing his muscles. The means are different, y'all. And oftentimes we miss it because we read scripture and we see all these miraculous things that God did in scripture. And God, I want that in my life. He is doing it in your life. He's done it in your life. Okay, I got to push. <laughs> is this good to anybody else? Okay, verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17 is what I want you to have. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? I could bet that got a little awkward. Could you imagine, like, I come back praising God for what he has done, and Jesus is like, this is all I get. I want you to understand something. Oh, let me give you the point before I keep pushing. Um, the, the, the third roadblock to expressing gratitude towards God is the expression. The expression. I don't want you to think, <laughs> based upon what I'm saying, that Jesus <clears throat> didn't appreciate the expression of gratitude. Because if you continue to read the text, you will know 
that God, Jesus gave him more than he gave everybody else because he came back and said, thank you. I don't want you to get that twisted. But it cracks me up that this guy comes back. I don't know how far he came. I really tried to study like lengths and times and all that kind of stuff. And it's very difficult because, because they were on a border between Samaria and Galilee. And, and we don't know how far they were, but Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. So we don't know how far. We don't know how many days it was before this guy came back and said, thank you. We don't know if it was five minutes. We don't know. But I don't want you to think that, that, that God didn't appreciate the gratitude because he responds further after gratitude is shown. But what cracks me up about what Jesus does, and I love how direct he is at times. He says, I appreciate it, bro. Appreciate the gratitude. Um, But were there not 10? And he puts him on the spot and says, where is the other nine? That lets me know, listen to me now, that lets me know that there's an expectation that God has of your gratitude, the level of gratitude that you bring back. There's an expectation of it because he says, I know exactly what I did. And I know exactly what I should receive. Where is the rest? You're going to bring me this for and thank you for this thing because I, 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 I hooked you up with a sweater? You're going to give me that for and thank you? What about the other nine? You know, my, my dad, um, he taught me something at a, a young age. I was probably too young for this. I'm just going to put that out there. But <clears throat> I lived in the hood, um, and I stayed four houses away from the corner store. And my dad would come home, and uh, it, it felt like every day. You know, you can over-exaggerate things, but it felt like every day he had me running up to the corner store to get something. No matter how much money he gave me, um, I would go to the corner store and get his, he loved honey buns, he loved ice cream. Um, he, was a, he was a tab guy for a period of time. Um, I can just remember all the stuff that I would go to the store. He never really ate chips and that kind, but he was a snack guy. I mean, he sent me up there for all this different stuff, but no matter how much money he gave me, whatever bill he gave me, when I came back with his snack, um, I would try to walk out the door. And he would say to me, where is my change? <laughs> listen, listen to me now. Listen to me. What he was saying was, was that I know how much I gave you. And I know how much it cost. <laughs> Where is my change? What he was saying to me was this, is that this transaction that you and I just had is not closed. You see, there's a balance that it still needs to be taken care of because I know what it cost. That's your neighbor, where's my change? Jesus says, listen, I just dropped something heavy on you. I just changed your life. And where is the rest? I just changed your bloodline. I just broke generational curses, and you sitting there acting as if I ain't done nothing. Where is the rest? 
brought you out of your mess and all that mess you grew up in. And you don't, you just sit there and act as if everything is okay. But listen, I know what I did. Here's what's funny. Here's this, 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 this to crack you up is that <laughs> I know what you did too. <laughs> I know what you did too. But oftentimes, we become um, comfortable. Thank you, Brennan. Comfortable with the expression of gratitude that we give. I showed up with a thank you, Jesus. I'm coming with a thankful heart. In Jesus' case, he's giving me cultural praise, and I'm good, and I'm ready to go. But Jesus is saying, God is saying, where is the rest? I've proven myself to be God over the years. Where is the rest? You see, there is a debt that we still had not paid. And, you know, he paid our debt, and he's saying, listen, I want to close out your transactions in heaven. Where's the rest? Where's the rest? You got an open bill, open heaven. I want you to take care of that. And, and the way that we take care of that is through our gratitude. The way that we express to him. I know what you did, God. I, I, I know I shouldn't be here, God. My kids pick at me because I show a lot of emotion at times, specifically when I'm preaching. <clears throat> But when I start to think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. Because I recognize that I can't sustain myself. I recognize that I get in dick ones out here. I couldn't do it by myself. If it were not for the blood of Jesus, where would I be? I didn't know how to be a husband. But he made me in. I didn't know how to be a father. He made me in one. As I walked this thing out, the path that he set me on, I just continued to walk this thing out. And all of a sudden, I became a dad. He says, where's the rest? Where's the rest, Wanzel? Tina, where's the rest? Cody, where's the rest? Artilla, where's the rest? Where is the rest? Because here's what happens. We get caught up on the one thing that he didn't do. Out of all that he's shown you, all of your life, I can't keep talking to y'all. Out of all that he's shown you, all of your life, because I didn't get the job, because, you know, I lost this person, because now, now he's no longer God, and I don't owe him any gratitude for that. Oh, God, I, I can hear God saying, don't judge me off of a moment. Judge me off the, the totality of my work. Ask your neighbor, where's my change? Where's my change? Where's my change? Let's go to verse 17. Let's get this last one. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed the other nine, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner. The last roadblock to expressing gratitude toward God is displacement. Displacement. Jesus has just 
miraculously, without any fanfare, changed the lives of 10 men. Could you imagine what it was like for the priest that had to experience these nine men? Because every, you didn't get healed from leprosy every day now. Come on. I mean, you got to think about this. Like, I could have, he'd have lost his mind. Like, yo, where did all y'all just come from? We just saw Jesus. We just saw Jesus. And he changed our life forever. These are the nine. These are the nine. And they're running around to the family. Oh, my God. I know this was a God thing. We saw Jesus out in the middle of nowhere, messed up in our mess, and we just stuck out there. And he changed our lives. Meanwhile, one of them went back to Jesus, and he expressed his gratitude to Jesus. And Jesus says, well, I cleansed ten. Where is the other nine? So I started asking myself a question when I was reading the text. I said, well, Wanzel, were these nine men not grateful? I want you to think about that for a second. Were they not grateful? Did they not know that this was a God thing? Did they not know that this flowed through the hand or the mouth of Jesus? Did they not know that? Did they not feel gratitude for what Jesus had just done? Once I really thought about it, to be honest, I know they felt grateful. I know they did. I can guarantee you when they looked down and saw that their skin was changing, they took off running to complete the cycle of being affirmed by society. But just one went back and said, thank you. And this is what I want you to hear, is that your unexpressed gratitude to God says something. Not that you didn't feel it. Not that you didn't say it to somebody. Not that you didn't walk, run around knowing that he did it. But you didn't go to him and say, God, I thank you. So your lack of words, your lack of expression actually shows up as ingratitude. I got a ball. Go to get my ball. This is the best way I can explain this to you. I found this like, um, I don't want to call it rudimentary, but it's a very simple scientific thing that little kids do. It's my ball. Did you know um, that a ball... If you just drop it, it will never reach back to the hand that dropped it. Like if I just drop this ball, it bounces back, but it doesn't back bounce to the back bounce back to the place that it came from. You see that? I mean, you, it gives back something, but it doesn't get back everything. So I I googled it. And I wanted to know, why doesn't this ball bounce back to the hand that drops it? And what it is called is a, um, a term for it. Um, it is um, gravitational potential energy. Gravitational potential energy. And the way that you come up with that, um, that number or, or that rhythm is um, you take um, the, height from the, th the, the height from which the thing is going to be dropped and the weight of it. 
that will tell you the potential energy that this ball should have as it races towards the ground. So once I release the ball, the potential energy now turns into kinetic energy. With everything that I just told you, because there is a scientific calculation that lets me know how high this ball should go, the height times the weight, but when I let it go, the potential now is inside of the ball, and the ball takes on kinetic energy and moves towards its destination. Why doesn't the ball come back to my hand? So I kept reading further. When you release the ball, it picks up its potential energy. But when it hits the surface, it releases the energy that it had. It displaces some of the energy. And because it displaces some of the energy, it doesn't allow it to get back to its origination. This is what I see God doing. He says, I've got blessings in the windows of heaven open above their life. And I'm getting ready to drop it on them. And I know what the potential gratitude should be. I know where it should get back to. But when I release it in their life, they disperse some of their gratitude to other people, to other things, and the actual hand that it came from, when all of that gratitude belongs to me. He says that your gratitude is displaced. I believe that we do this to God every day. He is saying that I'm getting ready to change your life, but I am, I'm wondering, is she ready for it? I'm getting ready to change his life, and I wonder if he can handle it. And I wonder if he's going to reach the potential of the gratitude that I expect. It never reaches the hand that drops it. And God is saying to his people, I want to drop something special on them. <laughs> but I have an expectation of the gratitude. What I want us to understand today is this, is that we can't give to other people what belongs to God. I, I know that the, 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 that, uh, the, the job is, is, is essentially what's paying the bills, and I, I get all of that. I understand that. But that came from the hand of God. So he wants blessings to hit your life. He wants you to feel his power. He wants it to be manifested in your life. But he's saying to himself, I wonder this time, are they going to give me the gratitude that belongs to me? Because he says, listen, I know the height from which it came. And I know the weight <laughs> of the ball. <laughs> So I'm wondering if they're ever going to get back to a space where they start to praise my name simply because of who I am. I want to release blessings. I want to release power. I want to release grace. I want to release favor. But there's an expectation of gratitude. Stand to your feet. So I don't want you to walk out thinking that this didn't turn out well for the Samaritan. It actually turns out really well for the Samaritan. He goes back to, to Jesus, and what I love about it, it says that when he ran back towards Jesus, he had a, a lifted voice, and he was singing praises unto God, and, and he lay prostrate at the feet of Jesus, and he lays down, and he says these words. He says, thank you. Listen to me, y'all. <laughs> he doesn't get all deep with Jesus. He doesn't start giving him all of his vocabulary. All he says is thank you. 
Somebody shout thank you. So although Jesus poses a question to the man, he says to the man, say, listen, he says, listen, he says, listen, he's listen. The fact that you came back, I'm going to give you something extra. <laughs> he says, I'm not just going to change your external situation. I'm going to change your internal situation. He says, the fact that you came back and said thank you and you're grateful and you expressed it, I'm going to change you from the inside out. I want somebody in this place that needs Jesus to say thank you. Oh, my God, we thank you. So, I'm, this is going to be different, but I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to say the words for you. I'm not going to say one word. I'm going to let you stand here, and I'm going to let you give him everything you got. And I'm going to let you thank him for everything that he's done. Because he expects it from you. My Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, you're so wonderful. God, you are so amazing. God, you are everything to me. God, and I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your restoration. I thank you for your power. I thank you for being God. Thank you, 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 God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.